Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. I have the honor, I have the honor as a pastor to have had numerous conversations with all kinds of people in all kinds of situations, times of struggle and times of joy, and times of when life is down, other times when life is up. In different chapters and different times around life and faith, I've had the honor to have all kinds of conversations. And sometimes there's patterns. It's really interesting how you'll, and through, throughout, if you could somehow get into my head, which I don't recommend, but if somehow if you get into my head and, and think of all the different conversations that I've had, over time as I journal and pray and reflect, there's certain themes that come up. And I believe it's because it's God's stirring, God's make, impressing upon people uh, specific questions or specific needs and desires. And for no doubt, the last couple years, even before the pandemic, but then magnified and accelerated by it, there's three words I've heard over and over and over. And those three words are, I need hope. I need hope. I've heard those words over and over and over, sometimes out of my own mouth. I need hope. I think we all need hope. And in an ever-changing world where there's increasing uncertainty, increasing anxiety, We need hope. And sometimes it can feel like we're on a boat in the middle of the ocean or a big lake where a storm is coming and there's winds and waves that are being tossed back and forth. And it just takes a a new update, something that can trigger that, make us feel like we're moving back and forth. It could be a financial update. It could be a shift in our own personal lives. It could be a new global threat. It could be something that's happening in terms of relationships, a relational crisis. Or perhaps an anxiety storm comes in the middle of the night. It can feel like we're being tossed back and forth by the winds and waves of life. But in the midst of that, we could find hope. We could discover hope. And God is the God of hope who offers that hope uniquely. And we're going to focus on that today, what it means to discover hope. Because in a world where we can feel like we're being pushed back and forth, uh, this image, I haven't been able to get out of my mind. I remember the first time I read it, it was probably middle of high school. Hebrews 6.19, talking about God and his promises, says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Here the writer of Hebrews is talking about God and his promises, and in this image of an anchor, as you think about a boat that's being moved back and forth by the winds and the waves, nothing to hold it still. When that anchor is put down and it, it's grounded into the ground and, and, and the ship is set, it doesn't matter what comes. Yeah, there may be a little bit of tossing, but that anchor is firm and secure. And so as we consider the hope, the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that God has to offer us, it's that hope that is, a, is an anchor for our soul. It's firm and secure. So you think about hope. I mean, hope, it's not just a wish. It's not just hoping for the best. It's not saying I hope my sports team wins today, though I do hope that's the case. No, it's not, it's not saying I hope the Giants win today. I hope the Jets win today. There's, there's a wish. There's a sense of wish that we can share and use that word. But a biblical definition of hope is different. It's a, a biblical definition of hope. As you read through Scripture, the Old and New Testament, you see it's a firm conviction based on God and his promises, based on how he's shown up in the past, looking towards the future, but living with that anchor for the soul firmly in the here and now. So it's a different kind of hope, not just a wish for something we want to have happen. Though it may involve our desires, doesn't mean we just put our desires to the side. God hears our desires, but it's a firm conviction based on who God is. And in that, God 
promises to give us a soul-level assurance based on his promises and who he is, a true hope in him. So looking back, first, it's, it's based on the past. As we specifically rooted in Jesus Christ, the ultimate example of the fulfilled promise, all the promises that God gave to his people, that he would send someone to rescue them, to restore them, going all the way back to the opening chapters of Genesis. God promised when the world turned wrong because we turned away from God, God promised to make it right and that he would send someone, and that someone was Jesus. And we just sang that song, Hope Has a Name. That name is Jesus. He is the object of that hope. He is the focus of that hope, and he fulfilled all of those promises, all those promises that God wouldn't leave us on our own, all those promises showing that he will never leave us nor forsake us, all those promises are met in Jesus Christ, met in his life, his perfect life that we couldn't live, met in his death that we deserved, the penalty for our sin, met in his resurrection from the dead, overcoming all sin, all evil, and death itself. He fulfilled that promise. As we look back, ultimately, from all the promises of God, we can be assured that God fulfills his promises as we look at Jesus Christ. In the course of my life, in the course of my faith, when I've had doubts, and yes, as a pastor, I have doubts about the Christian faith. Don't fire me, it's part of being human. If I'm being honest with you, saying, I'm not so sure about this, God. Like any relationship, if you're not asking questions, you're probably not relating. And so for me, I've had to ask God questions. What about this? What about this in Scripture? This doesn't seem to line up. I like going hard at God because I know he can take it. He's God. And so if you have doubts, bring them to him. Don't run away from him. Go towards him. And so for me, whenever I've had doubts, over and over and over, as I kind of engage God in prayer and journaling and wrestling and reading and having conversations, it always comes back to Jesus. And for me saying, what, who is Jesus? Who is this person? Was he more than a carpenter? Was he more than a prophet? Was he more than a teacher? Yes, he was the son of God who came to be with us, died for us, and was resurrected from the dead. The whole world changed because of Jesus Christ and is still being changed today. And so for me, going back to the promises, where I look for hope and starting is looking back and looking to him and then looking to his word that focuses on him. So looking past. And therefore, in light of the past, then we can look to the future with a renewed sense of hope. Recognizing that God has shown up in the past and he'll show up in the future. And whether it's the promises of God that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, the promise of Jesus that he'll be with us always to the very end of the age and that's fulfilled by the giving of his spirit, the Holy Spirit who's with us. We can look to the future with that soul level assurance that we're not alone. Ultimately, we can look forward to the day that Jesus will come back. And it's not a fairy tale. He is coming back. When is he coming back? We don't know. Jesus didn't even know as a son, limited in his knowledge in that capacity. He didn't even know the day. But we look forward and hope that God, who promised to set things right, to restore our relationship with him, sent Jesus initially. And that he's gonna do it again, that God is gonna come back in Christ to set it right. There'll be a new heavens, a new earth, where yes, every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. And we'll be in the presence of the living God, free from all pain and suffering, and experiencing the fullness of who he is, of which now we could get a little bit of a foretaste. Right, some of the songs this morning were a foretaste, a taste of what it is to be worshiping God in his presence forever. It's just a taste. But we can look forward with that soul-level assurance based on the past applying towards the future. That doesn't mean we don't focus on it at all now. That brings us to the present. We could have a soul-level assurance 
in the present, yes, based on the past, as we look to the future, that we don't have to let anxiety reign. We don't have to think that we have to figure out life on our own, because we don't. God hasn't left us here to figure it out on our own. Though I know in my weak moments, I wanna figure it out on my own. And God in his grace says, hey, Jeff, I'm here, remember. I kinda run the universe, you don't, right? Come talk to me. So he invites us to come to him. So we can have a soul level assurance in the present based on who he is and his promises. So over all of this, it brings us to this great prayer that we're gonna focus on in the next couple weeks. And we're actually gonna end the worship service today with this as our benediction today in the, in the next couple weeks. It's Romans 15, 13. It's this great prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice the description of God here. God is described as the God of hope. That's who God is. That's his identity. Here in other places, we see, here it's different. Other places we see, we know that, no doubt, that God is the God of love. He's the object of our faith. And he's the God of truth. Here in this prayer, the reminder from the Apostle Paul is that God is the God of hope. And so we look to him, we can have that soul level assurance based on who he is and his promises. So in the next couple weeks, we'll talk about what it means to embrace that hope in the sense of what it means for us to be full of all joy and peace as we trust in him. And then what it means for that to overflow from us. But today we're gonna start by focusing on what it means to discover this hope. How do we find this hope? Where do we find it? What does it look like? And like looking for a treasure, going on a good treasure hunt, how can we find it? There's two main sources that we see uh, and it's listed out in scripture. And one is scripture itself, and the other one is prayer. So if you've been around the church, it's like, come on, Jeff, give me something more than that. Yeah, read the Bible and pray. I mean, I got here, I dressed, got dressed to hear that. It's, let's dive into this more. Because sometimes you just need to hit the basic reminders. As we seek a fresh start this fall, let's go back to the basics. Here it begins with scripture. If you want to discover hope, you want to find hope, look to scripture. Romans 15, 4. A couple verses earlier from that great prayer. I love this verse for everything. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Why? So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We might have hope. There's a direct relationship between what's in scripture, what's been recorded in the Bible, and our God-given ability to discover the hope that he has to offer us. We have to go to scripture. Everything, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Notice that we have to be taught. It's not something that comes naturally. It's not something we're, just get, we're, we're born with. We have to be taught how to discover this hope. We have to be taught how to have encouragement and endurance in the scripture. We have to be taught this hope. It's not something that is just there, it's something that even comes easily. And if you're a teacher, thank you all teachers who are teaching our young ones, whether here with our church or throughout the week in other public schools. Teaching is a hard job. Because as you know, students aren't always willing to listen. And so here, the Apostle Paul, I believe, is saying, we need to have a posture of humility and openness, open hands, to be taught by the scripture. If you want to discover hope, you have to be willing to be taught and to be taught by God in his scriptures. And we can discover this hope in that way. As we look at the rest of Scripture, we see that all of Scripture ultimately points to Jesus. 
So again, if we want to discover hope, ultimately it means discovering Jesus. And from the very promises in the opening pages of Scripture all the way through to Jesus himself, to all the writings in the New Testament that talk about the meaning and significance of his life, death, and resurrection, it all points to Christ. And so as we read the Bibles, we read Scripture, especially with the lens and thought that how does this point to Jesus, we can discover hope. And from that we can receive encouragement, that great word where courage is put into us, those three haunting words that come up in so many conversations that I've had. I need hope. What that means is I need courage. I need extra strength in this world. If you want encouragement, go to the scriptures. If you want endurance, not just a one time, woohoo, here we are, Sunday morning, I love Jesus, let's go. And then by three in the afternoon, uh, if you want endurance, if you want to keep it going, keep going to the scriptures. Keep going to the scriptures. So scripture is number one. Number two is prayer. Engaging God in prayer. Communicating with him. Putting yourself in the presence of him. And uh, this great description of a prayer from the Apostle Paul in the New Testament letter of Ephesians, chapter one, verses 18 to 19, when Paul says this, he says, I pray, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which you were called. Sorry, to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those who believe. Right, Paul prayed for these Ephesian Christians, and by extension, it's, it's a prayer that we could all engage in and come together. He prayed that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened in order that they would actually know this hope. And so if you want to discover hope, it starts by asking for it. Ask, say, God, help my eyes to be enlightened to the hope that you have to offer me. Pray for others, others who need hope. Pray that their eyes will be enlightened to the hope that God has to offer them in Christ. And then in light of that, then what comes to mind? First, the riches of our glorious inheritance. An inheritance, something that we receive and it's glorious, meaning that everything that God has, as a child of God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you are an adopted child of God, a son or daughter of God, then you have access to everything he has. His inheritance is for you. And his grace is available for you. And so there's hope in that, that we're not left to our own devices, our own resources. We don't have to figure out life on our own. May the eyes of our heart be enlightened. May we see that we can receive from God all that we need to face whatever we're facing, even if it's just the hour ahead, let alone the day, the week, the month, the year, whatever's in front of us. May the eyes of our heart be enlightened. That's how we could see the hope. Also, may our eyes be, the eyes of our heart be enlightened so we would know the incomparably great power that's available to us. This word power, the Greek word translated dunamis, which is where you get dynamite. This is not just a, a, a safe little like, energy pill. This is like, boom, like dynamite. The incomparably great power that's available. But it's controlled power and meekness. It's not for domination. It's not for hurt. It's not to hurt someone. It's the power of God, the strength of God that he uniquely has to offer to us. So in those moments where we think, I just can't go forward anymore. I just can't do it. Look to God. Pray. God, I need your strength. God, I need your power. And may the eyes of our heart be enlightened to know the hope that we have, which includes access to this power. Overall, this, the truth is we can discover the life-transforming hope of Jesus Christ together as we encounter and know God's promises through Scripture and prayer. Through Scripture and prayer, getting back to the basics. Now, we think about this, uh, and Colleen in her prayer mentioned the great Hebrews 11, 
It starts in verse 1 saying, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's certain things we can't understand, we can't see, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But God invites us, it's not so much blind faith, it's relational faith, it's relational trust, trusting in not something, not some impersonal force or the divine that's out there, but trusting in a personal God and entrusting, him to, uh, uh, entrusting ourselves to him. We could have that soul level assurance moving in to the future. And as I was thinking about this, and all week I've been praying, and thinking, God, who's someone in my life that um, has been an example to me in this? And over the years, I can list off all kinds of people, whether certain family members or those from various churches or even our church here. Colleen, you'd be the easy example. We're going to have a couple, we're going to have all kinds of ways to encourage and affirm you in the weeks ahead. Um, so I could go with the easy answer with Colleen, but I want to share about someone else as well. It's from my prior church. Her name is Doris, and uh, right before COVID, early 2020, uh, she passed away and went to be with the Lord. Now, when I say went to be with the Lord, sometimes that's a, a Christian phrase that we share when someone passes away, and it's true, and sometimes we gloss over, but Doris was someone who truly went to be with the Lord. What I mean is this, that when I first met Doris, she was part of my search team when we moved from the Seattle area to Virginia, and sometimes you run into someone, and you know they've been with Jesus. Like they have a strong faith and that faith is rooted in struggle and suffering and God bringing them through it, but also in times of great joy and celebration. Doris was one of those types of people. And Doris, she exemplified both of those people. She loved God's word. And she would, I remember having conversations with her and she would say, Jeff, I don't understand why people don't read the Bible every day. She's like, there's life and strength and hope and promises and I know there's everything that stands against God that stands in the way of us reading the Bible, but I just don't understand it. Jesus is there. It was such a simple faith. But don't confuse simple for not being a, a lion of a faith. I mean, she was tough as nails. And when things got tough and needed to be addressed with Scripture in terms of truth, she made sure to engage all kinds of false, crazy stuff with the love and grace of Jesus. But she loved God's word. She loved prayer. She would talk about prayer. She would journal constantly. And you know when you run into some people and they say, hey, I'll pray for you. And then you don't know if they ever prayed for you. That's only between them and God. But Doris was someone, you, she would want to know, how can I pray for you, really? What are your needs? What are your desires? And she would then chase you down. Like, how's it going? Tell me more about this. And sometimes, like, I don't remember I wanted you to pray for that. I mean, she remembered almost better than I did sometimes. She was such a saint of a person. Um, and as she moved towards her death and she, or with her sickness, here's someone who, it wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't false religiosity. It was, I'm going to go see Jesus. She goes, I've been, I remember these quotes to this day. She goes, Jeff, I've been talking to Jesus my whole life. And now I get to go meet him. Think about that. I've been talking to Jesus my whole life, and now I get to go and meet him. Then she said, don't be jealous, because I get to see him first before you. She goes, unless you do something stupid tonight. She goes, I get to see him first before you. And just sitting by her bed in the hospital and just hearing her share about this and seeing in her eyes, again, years and years, decades and decades of opening her Bible, praying every day, preparing that phrase, this life is a preparation for the next doors, lived it. She lived it. 
Um, and I remember in her final day being by her bedside in her house and, and she requested that. She goes, if I'm not alert, but I'm still alive, please sing Great is Thy Faithfulness. Please do that. And as we were by her bed and a couple of elders from our church were, were singing Great is Thy Faithfulness, those great words of um, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. And uh, you could see Doris almost like move her head a bit. She couldn't talk, but we knew that that bright hope, um, she was about to fully walk into that bright hope, into the presence of God himself. Um, so I share that with you as, for me, I mean, I want to be Doris when I grow up. Um, and I pray that we would all be able to find someone and that God would turn us into that. But that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen by, hey, I'm just going to read the Bible nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven, for the next seven days, and, and then I'm going to become like that. No, it takes a lifetime. And it takes a, a dedication starting perhaps today or rededicating today, this fall season, for this restart to begin moving in that direction. Because uh, my prayer is that my prayer for myself, I want to be in that position. That I could truly say, I'm about to go see Jesus. And I've been talking to him my whole life, and now I've had just a small taste. I get to see him fully. And look at someone and be like, you're jealous, because I can, no, but that type of thing. I love that line. It's just so priceless. Um, but we could have that type of hope. You want to discover that hope, spend time in God's word. You want to discover that hope, spend time in prayer, do it with others. And in this wor- worship services, provide that opportunity as well. As we sing together, as we pray together, as we hear from God's word together, continue to commit to weekly worship. Um, that's part of this picture as well. Coming back to that great prayer, Romans 15, 13 again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think the calling of all churches is to help people discover, embrace and share the life-transforming hope of Jesus Christ. Today we've talked about what it means to discover. Next week we'll talk about what it means to embrace. And then the week after that we'll talk about what it means to share that life-transforming hope. I want to give you one thing to remember, one thing to do as we conclude, and some questions for reflection. One thing to remember is this. We can't discover the life-transforming hope of Christ together as we encounter Jesus and know God, God's promises through the scriptures and prayer. Remember that piece. One thing to do and I ask you to think about this um, in light of, uh, as I think about Doris Pullen and her story, and maybe there's someone, as you can think about in your life, someone um, of faith that has that same type of faith. We have one right in our midst with Colleen who inspires me to say, hey, I want to be that type of person. Jesus, I want to become that type of person who has that type of faith and that type of hope. I begin this week to dedicate 10 minutes each day to reading Scripture. One great place to start is the accounts of Jesus. If you want to know the hope of Jesus, read accounts about Jesus. See how he interacted with real people like you and me. I'd start maybe with the Gospel of John chapter 2 and just take the different accounts of Jesus and just kind of go through about 10 minutes a day um, and include some time of prayer, communicating with God, reflecting with God, um, what you're seeing and what you're experiencing as you read those passages. Um, Begin that this week. Just take 10 minutes each day um, and begin that investment again or maybe for the first time. Um, Some questions for reflection around this as we finish is, once again, what's the difference between a wish and biblical hope? Uh, When someone says, I hope this happens, I hope the weather holds out to this afternoon versus that soul level assurance that we could have based on God's promises based on who God is. 
Number two, how can we discover the hope of Christ through reading scripture and prayer? And lastly, what could change? What could change if we could face our future, both the future in the days and weeks and months ahead, but also our ultimate future, when all of us at one point will pass away? How can we face our future with proper confidence shaped by God's promises and the hope of Christ? Reflect on those questions. Um, we'll post those questions out on, the, on our Facebook page and they'll go out in the weekly email this week for further reflection. And continue to invite you to engage these questions whether on your own, maybe journal with a friend or with a small group. Again, it's a great way to continue to go deeper into this content. Um, God invites us to discover the hope of Christ. Let's pray as we finish up this, this sermon. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we consider your truth, the truth of your hope that you offer ultimately in your son Jesus, God, I ask and pray you would help each and every single one of us um, to consider or consider again how we could discover that hope through reading your word, the Bible, and through relating to you in prayer. God, build up our faith. And I, God, I ask that you give each and every single one of us the gift of that soul-level assurance that comes from knowing you and knowing your promises. God, you know our stories. You know what we're facing today. You know how we are, we are feeling tossed back and forth by this world. Lord, may the hope that you offer be an anchor for our soul today. And may t- today be a marker in our lives when that became more so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>